Hi, this is John Ryan uh, in Colorado Springs, and, and joining me on the line is uh, Canadian Jackson Howden and Greenlander Marxwell Masson Frederickson. Did I get that kind of right, Marxwell? Yeah, kind of. It's Maxwell Masana Frederickson. All right. So, Frederickson. <laughs> so, I'm great to have you guys join me. You guys are in uh, Skern, Denmark. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're going to maybe break this podcast up into two parts. But first, we're going to get to know both of you guys a little bit. Uh, who who wants to go first? I mean, I can I can go. For I it think first. his story's a little bit shorter than mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I I I talked to Jackson. I talked to him. I messaged him on on Twitter, and he said, "All right, you know, I'm 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 living with a Greenlander, you know, and uh, you know, let's hey, yeah." I said, "Wow, what that sounds great. You know, let's do a podcast talking about you two guys and the the North American tournament and and how that goes." And I said well, who's this guy, you know, give me his name so I can Google him. And, uh, it gives me the, it looks like a typical, yeah, more, more of a Danish name than, uh, you know, Greenlander with like 27 letters. And like, wait a second, this guy, this guy looks like he's African. Wow. This, this has got to be a story here. So, so Marxwell, I, I want to hear your handball beginning, but I want to also hear, um, how you ended up in Greenland and, uh, you know, what, it, what it's like to be a, uh, a Greenlander of African descent. So, so go ahead, give me your life bio here. So first with handball, I started when I was around eight at the beginning, I was playing soccer and swimming a lot besides that. So at first I didn't, I wasn't really interested in handball and just saw it as something to do, you know, just another sport. So, as I was growing up, I went on a, an exchange year in Panama and I was still playing soccer and, and handball, but then I decided to like kind of more focus on myself. And when I came back, the environments was so bad in soccer and that I decided to just you know, take a turn to handball and started to focus on handball. So it was mainly just pure entertainment at, at, the, at the beginning and then around the age of 16, 17, I started to take it a bit more serious. And then when I was turning 18, I decided to move to Denmark. And yeah, just started to play even more. So so I, 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 I didn't quite hear you. I thought you said something about Panama. Yeah, I was in Panama for one year for like an exchange, an exchange year where I went to school and learned about the culture and learned a bit Spanish. So. It was a year away from everything, so it was really different. Yeah. And, and where where did you initially uh, grow up? Where were you born? And uh... so I was born and raised in Greenland. So okay. Since, uh, since I was born, I've been I've been able to speak Greenlandic and Danish. So wow. Um, how did your family end up in Greenland? So my dad, he's a, he's from Greenland. He grew up and was also born in Greenland. And my mother was actually born in Africa. And throughout the years, my both my father's parents died. So he was sent to like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, uh, 
foster home. Yeah, foster home. So while he was at the foster home, a lot of the new politics were this you should give like children a chance to see the world. So some of them got sent to Denmark to learn Danish and so they could have a, some experience others had. And then meanwhile, my mother actually had to flee from Africa because there was a war in her in a little town uh, called uh, Abuja. So she, she was adopted by her uncle and moved to Denmark. Yeah. So during that period, when my dad was around 18 and started to go to university, he went to Denmark. And yeah, they met each other when they were about 18 years old. And, and yeah, I moved to Greenland. Wow. So that, that's, a, that's a remarkable. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know the demographics of uh, Greenland, but uh, I would say. Uh, if they were to do African descent, what percentage of the population in Greenland would fit that category? <laughs> I have no idea. It's a really small amount. Probably it's you and your brothers and sisters. I mean, there's some few others, but I mean, now there's coming like more African people and we know a lot of them too. So just people are coming but I think the percentage is still really low. Yeah. So, but but a very yeah. welcoming culture. Uh, you never you never felt like uh, uh, like an outsider. Everybody uh, uh, treated you well, well as I, just, just another kid. Yeah, I would say so. Like I never really get to feel you know the feeling of getting pushed away because I knew the you know the native language. So I was always involved with. The Greenlandic kids and the Danish kids. So I was always able to kind of switch from friend friend group to friend group and always be able to talk to them. So I was never really like pushed away. And also sports helped a lot. So yeah. a lot of them also did sports. So we were hanging out together. We went to school together and we saw each other every day. So I never really got to feel that experience. Yeah, that's 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 remarkable and. Uh, um in a context, you know, I've never, I've never been to Greenland. Um, I, uh, I've got a few Greenland friends on Facebook. I, I saw Greenland uh, play at the 2007 world championships and uh, got to interview some of the guys and uh, attended a, a uh, dinner function with all the Greenland contingent. So, um, you know, I, you know, beautiful, beautiful country. I, I'm, I'm friends with the Kreutzmann brothers and they're always on their boat, you know, going off the, the fish, I assume. And, and it's just, yeah. you know, uh, it's stark, but uh, also uh, colorful in a way. <laughs> it's kind of hard to, hard to describe. I, wa I want to visit there, visit there sometime. Um, but uh, um, you said you started initially with soccer, but you kind of, you kind of fell in love with handball gradually. Do you think that partly because uh Greenland is so passionate about handball that they uh, they really give it a little extra love. Yeah, I mean, I also, in, in the age of 16, I felt like, so if I wanted to become a soccer player, it was kind of too late because I was already 16 and I wasn't at the level I wanted to be in. So I, was, I felt like it, it was too late. And with handball, you know the story about me, Nick Delhoe. He started when he was 18. 
and you can see his career after that. So at the age of 16, I was like, well, if he can do it, I can do it too. You know, I already have some experience. I already have some background knowledge. So it would be possible for me to do the same if I have the same work ethic. Yeah. And this well, uh, what position do you play? So I play left back right now, but I'm slowly turning into a, uh, a left wing. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, have you played uh, for the Greenland national team before, either at the junior level or senior level? I mean, we had something in the junior level when in youth 16, I think we called it was called, but it was more like a talent team, they called it. So it was a small gathering and we went to Iceland, played again against their national team. And we lost big time. It was horrible. But, you know, we got the experience of playing internationally, if you could say so. And then two years ago, no, last year in January, I was with the gathering uh, with Greenland. And the year before that, we went to, uh, to the Faroe Island and played against them. And unfortunately, it was also a big loss, but I got to play about 10 to 15 minutes and got my debut. So for the national team for that. Well, uh, well, let's talk just uh, briefly about the Faroe Islands and, and what they did at the, uh, uh, I, I don't know exactly what they called it. It was if the Partili Cup, you know, they had like a, a U18 team or a U17 team that, that won the thing. Does, uh, you know, the Faroe Islands success there, does that, uh, you know, you both, you're both part of Denmark, but you both have your, you know, Greenland, and, and then the Faroe Islands, but and you're roughly about the same population. Um, yeah. how, how did uh, the Greenlanders feel about uh, the Faroe Islands having such a successful uh, youth team? I think, uh, what from my perspective, I can see why they have because in Greenland it's really hard to travel just from city to city, you either have to take a boat or fly, and in Faroe Island, you can, you can always drive so. For them to play games is a lot easier so they get a lot of playing time experience where we don't in our youth age like until we start to move to denmark and we are able to play for some team and you know get more experience so the difference is like we have a tournament every year and they have an ongoing season if you could say so right so they have a lot, lot of matches and yeah. yeah did did you grow up in the uh, capital uh did you grow up in the capital city of Greenland? Yes, I grew up in Nuuk. Yeah. yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, decision to go to Denmark to, to, to further your handball career. Yeah, so, I've, yeah, it, it, there was a tendency in my young age that I was the one of the few players who went to practice. So we didn't have like a full team every year, but every now and then people would start coming. So I felt that was like pulling me and keeping me behind the other players I wanted to beat. So if you, you know, if you want to go pro, you have to beat some players. So I felt like that was just dragging me down and keeping me to getting to my potential. So I decided to talk to my parents and said, you know, the school isn't, isn't something for me in Greenland and I want to improve my handball. So we, we kind of agreed to, I, I could go to Denmark and start studying 
and play a lot of handball. So that yeah. was kind of the pathway. Yeah. How, how old are you now? I'm actually 22 years old. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, I see you guys, you have the uh, talent uh, academy uh, gear on. I assume you're staying at it, it, one of those, uh, uh, it's kind of hard to describe the, the schools that they have in Denmark kind of post high school. They're not really colleges. Yeah. Uh, I, I've heard some different podcasts are kind of like a learning experience, but maybe you guys can tell me a, bit, a little bit about where you're living in the, the environment. So uh, it's, it's not, cause you know where uh, Joey went, the guy. Yeah. And so that's where me and him met, me and Max met at the same place that Joey went last year. And now this year, this is not really like one of those places. It's just kind of like a living facility for the kids travel to and from school. They just, we all just kind of live here and have extra trainings, but there's not really any extracurricular activities here. It's just kind of, you live and eat and kind of hang out here. So it's not, it's not really like the, the high school that Joey went to or that we went to last year. Okay. All right. So, so almost kind of like a dorm atmosphere, but not the, uh, it's like college dorms only. It's like college dorms. Yeah. Are, are you guys going to, going to college then, or are you taking some sort of classes? Actually, right now I'm studying uh, marketing. So yeah, I'm going to school three times a week and then I come back and practice. And I, I'm doing my, uh, I'm almost done my Bachelor of Commerce degree. Uh, I'm doing it online. Through okay. Okay. Well, let's transition. Jackson, I doubt if you have the uh, uh, geographic tale to tell that uh, Maxwell does, but uh, tell us a little bit about your handball background. Uh, I say we don't go into as much detail as perhaps you did with uh, Mike Namiash. We'll put a link to that and people can yeah. get your uh, history in great detail, but tell us a little bit of how you got involved in handball and how you ended up in uh, Denmark. Yeah, so uh, I started in American, well, yeah, grade seven for us. I That's kind of when school sports start. And I just kind of hopped right into the school sports. So I played everything and anything. I just loved playing sports. And then handball, we kind of, there's a tournament every year for junior high kids, which is, it's like a month long season. And I played that seven, eight, nine, grade seven, eight, nine with my school. And a lot of the old Alberta players were our coaches for those things. And then I transitioned to high school handball, which is a little bit longer of a season, but it's still in the spring. And I think after my grade 10 year, I went and tried out for the Alberta team. And I'm, it wasn't, there wasn't really like elimination process. There was not really enough guys for the team. So it's just kind of, if you can pay for the trips, you can go. And so we, then we started traveling and that's kind of when I fell in love with the sport to be able to do that and play handball. It was like best of both, both worlds for me. So I did that for, three or four years and then last two summer the summer of 20 yeah the summer of 2019 we went to the world the world youth championships and with Canada and I was like extremely disappointed on how Canada played there and all the, the I don't want to say the politics that got in the way of it but like the geographical divide between Alberta and Quebec just the way they play handball so 
I just kind of said, screw it, let's go to Denmark. And I and went to high school with another Canadian. We just kind of showed up there and started training in Danish handball. And then that season passed, didn't ended early because of Corona. And then at high school, I met Max and the director, not the director, but the coach of the Talent Academy now, his name's Manus. He was at the high school learning, he was in the coaching line. So over the summer, I stayed in contact with them and we became really good friends and they're like why don't you come back and I was like well I'll be doing school, school online anyways so I just kind of said sure let's go and now I'm kind of just all all in trying to make it be the first Canadian born guy to go play top level pro here so top level pro in Denmark you guys have had some had some guys do pretty well in particular uh Alexi Bertrand and uh in France, but, uh, um, well, well, tell us about your environment now, um, with, uh, with Skiern and your, your practice regimen and, and how the team's doing and, and, and how you guys are coping with, uh, coronavirus. So if we, yeah, where where should we start? I mean, you just start how it usually is and then we can go on how it is now. Yeah. So usually we'll have three practices with our team. So it would usually be Monday, Wednesday. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. And then we'll have a talent training, like an extra training Wednesday morning and Friday afternoon. So that's five trainings a week. Uh, and then we'll usually have a game on the weekend. Yeah. And those, all those trainings will be with the Youth 19 team and they play in the top division in Denmark. So the level is really high for for the trainings and then we play on the third division team which is right now what's having issues with kind of commitment of players so me and Maxwell are just kind of pure training and the games are kind of secondary for us at the moment but now you but but let me let me break in there I I guess what you're saying is uh um uh so does Denmark have a youth league is that what the U19 to have a U19 youth league? So that's kind of like, you know, they have a hierarchy of like the top pros and then it goes down from there, but they also have a separate youth league for, for U19. And those guys are targeted as potential future pros. Is that right? I think starting at U17, there's like the, there's the top, like the Liga where the best players play and it just kind of keeps going on from there. Yeah. So, yeah. And I guess what I was going to get at is that uh, because those guys are really focused, your your training and, and what you're learning there is a little bit better than what you're getting in a third division uh, competition sort of thing. The, the, the third division is kind of kind of unique in a way because it's almost like a it's where the all the old it's almost like a beer league for ex pro players and guys who just want to have fun. So it's unique for me and Maxwell, but he played second division last year in another city. And then we're just kind of here training this year and hope to take the, the next, the step to go up next year. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Guys that know how to play, but they're, they're doing it. Like you said, they're doing it for fun. So, you, yeah. so you're learning, you're learning from people that know how to play, but it's just, a, it's just a little bit different atmosphere. Am I summarizing yeah. it correctly? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the, how is your team doing so far this year? And have, have you guys had any postponements? So, so far, 
Uh, our team, we've been playing, I think it's four, four matches. Five, I think, yeah, Five. We're, and we're still middle of the pack in Division Three. So. Yeah, so it's okay, but also not great because, you know, we want to win every game and we see the potential to win every game, but we haven't been able to, to like, give give us our best, if you can say so. Like, we are so, like, we, we could say, I mean, what, what, what can you say, actually? Like, we're frustrated. It's, yeah, it's kind of frustrating because we don't really have enough players to make a team so we can practice together all the time. So we have to borrow some of the youth 19 players. And it's really hard to get like a rhythm going when we have to swap the player all the time. Because some of the players, they also need rest. So for them to be able to rest, we have to use another player. And then there's a whole different player coming in. Maybe you have someone who shoots really good. And then the next player, he's a fast, fast paced one. And you have to adapt every single game. So it's been hard to kind of like keep a good momentum and a flow. And no consistency in terms of the roster and who's playing from one game to next. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So season's going all right. And you're hoping that, uh, that you can improve and, and maybe get noticed and, and move up to a, a higher division and a, uh, a better training environment. Is that? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a second division team that's that they train about 10 minutes from here. So kind of for me and Maxwell are kind of our hopes is that we can live here again next year and just have to travel to the training, which is 10 minutes away. So yeah. how, how has uh, COVID-19 impacted uh, your training and game so far? So, so far, we have now we don't have any games until the 22nd of November. It's because of, you know, COVID-19 and the issues just going up. We have more and more cases coming in. So, from to, if you they want to kind of prevent it in a way. So, they say every non-pro teams in the senior league, like in the men's category, they have to, like, they can't play any games, but they can practice. Yeah. We're coming, yeah, we're coming to the end of a, like a month long pause, but all like the youth 19 teams and younger have still been playing games. Yeah. So our trainings are still going good as strong. So, yeah. All right. Well, this has been a good discussion and I feel like I, I know you guys a little bit, a little bit better now. I'm not sure how much more time I have on the, uh, on the uh, Zoom call I have. So what, what I'm going to do here is I think we'll wrap up part one here and uh, we'll reconnect up here for uh, part two. So thanks, guys. And uh, in part two, we'll talk a little bit about the North American Championship that never was, all the great help the IHF is giving the U.S., all those good things. So stick around and we'll be right back here shortly for part two.